Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Let's thank our worship team today. Thank you so much, everyone. And also all those that you come early on the media and also our kids' church and welcome team. We thank you so much for all the time that you give. We appreciate you in what you're doing. Everybody okay today? You sure? Okay. I've got my little clock just so you won't be late for your lunch. Is that all right? There's a clock on the back. I'm surrounded by clocks because I'm not really good at timekeeping. So I thought I'll make sure I'll buy one. And this will make a little buzz noise. And that, then you will all stand up and go home then, even if I'm finished or not. Is that all right? You online, you'll be all right. Okay, we're going to continue with our theme, God is Faithful. You know, I've been thinking about what is it that I want to try and talk to you about today. And over the last week or so, there's been one theme that's been stuck in my mind. And I thought, you know, maybe I need to read it and think about what maybe the Lord wants to say to us today as individuals and as a church. And uh, the passage and the story is the, some of you, if you've been to kids' church or Sunday school years past, you'll know, or at school, the, the teaching in Daniel where um, there's me, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, good names those, who go into a furnace and they come out like, totally touched by the fire. And uh, that story has been on my mind all week. So I, I, I want to talk to you about that because that there may be someone online or in here today that's actually going through a really difficult time. Maybe the heat is on your life right now. You've walked into church, you're, you're sitting at home and you're thinking, you don't realize the situation that I'm in right now. I, I love God. Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I, you know, I, I, I love him with all my heart, but I'm finding myself in a situation which is just over my head, and I don't know what to do. Well, I want to encourage you this morning that God is faithful. And so this story is a... Uh, let's have a look at this story. Let's dive in together. I'm going to read quite a few Bible passages and verses, so it'd be good for you to look back at this and look through the, your Bible yourself and begin to uh, feed yourself with the Word of God as it brings faith into your heart and your life. Daniel 3, um, chapter, verse 16 to 18, says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, he says, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. If you read chapter 1, 2, and 3 in Daniel, You'll see that King, the Babylonians taken over Syria and then begin to take over Jerusalem. And they got from Jerusalem some of the best, um, clever, young, sort of vibrant community and brought them into Babylon to train them up um, as a strategy from the king. And, and, and three of these, four of these people were these guys that I'm talking to you about now and also Daniel. And the story goes on that they were put into a culture no probably different today. The challenges of our culture, the contradictions to our faith, and yet these four guys stood out from everyone else. They were polite, they were honorable, 
They, they, were, um, they worked hard. Their ethics was great standards. But there was one thing that distinguished them from everyone else, and that was they weren't willing to compromise their faith. And as you read through Daniel, you'll see that what you, you see the principles of business and work in there, but also conduct from our own lives. That no matter what comes to us, if we are honoring God with our lives, if we're willing to live a life of righteousness and integrity, God will always turn things around for us. If you read through the passage, you'll see that at the end of this, they actually were so confident in their God that they were willing to face death through this furnace. And and my question to us today is that what is it that's pressing on your world, your life, that, that pushes you to make you compromise your faith? Because that will happen in our lives. Things will come through our society, pressure on finances, pressure in business, pressure in relationships. And there will always come a time when we have to make a decision either to submit our lives to the culture of the day or, or to... Okay, are we okay with that? Shall I keep going? Or that we're going to commit our lives to serving God. These guys were really polite. The king in chapter 2 set up a monument from a dream that Daniel gave him. No, no astrologers, no magicians, no sort of like occult practices could give him direction, the king. Uh, so he was going to get all of them killed. So Daniel said to these three guys, come on, let's go and pray. Let's seek God because we want to interpret the dream for the king. And so God gave them wisdom and revelation and they told the king about his dream. He fell prostrate before Daniel and he said, I'm going to make you a ruler over Babylon and gave him such authority. And he gave these three guys authority in the kingdom. But then it came to a time where the dream went to the king's head and he, and he built a massive, I think it was 90 cubics of this massive um, idol of, of himself in a sense with gold and bronze and And then what happened? He wanted to make everyone worship this idol. And so he sent out a decree and he said, everyone has got to, when the the music goes off, you have to bow your knee to this idol. And and this is the scenario. So these three gentlemen were so polite to the king. He said, Majesty, you know, we've made a decision. We appreciate that you're ruler. We appreciate that you are in charge of, of, uh, you know, politically and also you're trying to make a a religion throughout the land right now. But we are actually not willing to bow and worship that idol. So this is what we're going to do. You're quite willing to throw us into the furnace. We're quite happy to go into the furnace because we know that God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. So there was a positive confession there. But here's the thing that comes next. The next thing that comes out of their mouth is, but if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, I want to just pause at that moment because some faith teachers would say at that moment, you've now lost God. You've lost the blessing of God because of your negative confession. That's not true. Their, their faith in God was not, not, it was not really what came out of their mouth because they said, you know, we know that God can get us through this, and he will. But if he doesn't, that wasn't a negative confession. That was showing me how much faith these young men had in not willing to compromise their faith in God. They were saying that we are so committed to this God that even if we go to the furnace and he doesn't deliver us, we're actually willing to die for the God that we serve. That's faith. That is faith. And so I just want to say, what is it 
that, that gave these young men the ability to stand in opposition and say about their God and was willing not to be compromised or determined to move away from their faith and to worship this idol. And, and I've come to the conclusion, when you read the, the outcome of it, it was amazing that they actually did get delivered by God. And I'm going to read you the passage of what happened in Daniel 3. It says, he, the king was looking, he said, in fact, what happened was, just to let you know, this furnace was really, really, a, you know, a big hole and they would throw people in and they would die. But the king was so angry with their sort of response to him, they said, we're going to turn up the heat seven times as much. So much so that the guys that were stewarding this furnace died with the heat. It was so, so hot. And so he's thinking, I'm going to make sure that you're not going to get out of this one. And so they still didn't compromise. And then what happened was the king from a distance is watching these three young guys go into this furnace. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Wow. I want to say to you today, if you are going through a fire in your life, if the heat is on your life, you are not on your own. Why? Because God is with you. Now, it doesn't mean to say that we're going to escape the fire or escape the valleys or escape trials or tribulations. The promise is that he will be with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Be with you. And so in this, God didn't deliver them from the fire. He actually went in the fire with them. So you need to know today and online, you're saying, where is God right now? In my pain, in my disappointment, in my fear, in my circumstances. God is right there in with you. Is committed to walk with you whatever you face in your life. He promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. See, somehow these guys knew the God that they put their trust in. And you need to know, he says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. We know that was Jesus. And then he said, and Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. It's interesting what it looks like when a Christian goes through trials and tribulations to people that don't know God. Sometimes we think that we are an effective witness when everything is going well for us. But actually, people are more attracted to see what you like when the heat's on your life. Because it's easy to shout about God on the mountaintops, but a different story when you're going through the valley. And I want to tell you, our world is going through a valley right now. And it's easy to worship God and honor God when you're being blessed and there's no heat on your life, but when the heat hits, I wonder what we're really like then. Because that's what makes the difference. The king actually saw 
the evidence of God showing up in their fire, in the heat of their life. Servants of the Most High, come out, come here. And so they came out of the fire with all those around, advisors that are crowded around them. Then they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Wow. How many of you had a barbecue? You know, as soon as you light them coals up, you can't get the smell off your... You've got to change your clothes, haven't you? There's no way... In, so you can imagine this furnace is so hot. Not only did they escape, but nothing on their bodies, on their hair, not even the smell of fire was found on these three men. This is the power of the God that is in the furnace with us. Now, I want to say to you, because we can preach into this as though, as followers of Christ, nothing will, no harm will come against our lives. That's not true. In fact, remember this. The reason why these guys was in a furnace is because they was obedient to God. Many Christians are in a furnace because they're disobedient. Come on, speak to me. So we've got to discern, why are we in this heat right now? Is it because I'm disobeying God's word and it's the consequences of my choices? Or actually, is it because I'm obeying God and the heat's on me for doing what is right? Peter says, when you, when you are going to get persecuted, make sure you do it for doing what is right, not because you deserve it. And we get mixed up in times because we find ourselves in a fire as Christians. We don't realize it's the consequences of our choices. But even when we do that, our Heavenly Father is still with us right there. He doesn't abandon us even though we choose to disobey Him. God does never move from us. It's us that move from Him. And so when the son, the prodigal son, decides to leave home, it wasn't the father that moved, it was the son. And when the son decided to come home, the father was still in the same place as when the son had left him. And we need to know that, that there's people in this room today that you're in a bit of a mess because of the choices that somebody else has made in your life or the choices that you have made and actually walked away from God's principles and you find that heat's on your life. God has still not moved. But yet there's also some of us in the room and online that's making right choices to honour God and we're still finding ourselves in the heat. Because what we've been taught for years is that as long as you obey God, you'll just get blessed for the rest of your life. No harm will come against you. But that's not true. Because the Bible tells us in Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You don't expect to live a godly life and nobody to respond to that, do you? And sometimes we've been taught that as long as we're obeying God, nothing will go wrong. And that's why we fall out with God and church, because we've been, we've been drip-fed that everything that we do is conditioned by what we do, and then God will just applaud us, and, and we will just get protected. And, you know, that is not actually true. We worship God because he's God. And there shouldn't be any condition to, what, to the choices that we make, only because he needs to be worshipped. 
not because of the results that we get. In fact, in John 15, Jesus said, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll obey yours. So I, I want to say to us today that, of course, God blesses our lives. In fact, we're already blessed, Ephesians tells us, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. The greatest blessing is that we have now been sealed by the Holy Spirit and that we are saved for eternity of a relationship with God. Everything else from that is a bonus. But yet we have to choose to live our life focused on serving God. If you want a promotion in your life, don't compromise the Word of God. Because these guys got a promotion when they actually made a stand for what they believed. Because God turned it around. And too many Christians are pursuing their own blessing and their own promotion and compromising their faith. And I want to tell you, it doesn't end well. Let God promote you. Don't take shortcuts to compromise your integrity to get a blessing for a season because it will not go well with us. These guys got promotion because they trusted in a God that was faithful. The other thing is that we don't understand as followers of Christ is that sometimes God will allow us to go into a fire. Why? Because some stuff needs to be burnt off us. It's called a furnace experience. Because God wants to get the impurities out of our lives so gold can arise. And it is not a nice time when God allows you into a furnace season, but what you don't realize is that God is still faithful because he's doing something in you so you can actually come out the other end a different person for his glory. Peter says, all this, he talks to a church that is persecuted, all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come, listen, these have come not because the devil is doing it, come on, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith is greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, what we need to understand is that our lives are a living sacrifice for the Lord. And everything that we do for him is not, the end result is not just for our blessing. The end result of our living life is to give glory to God. And sometimes going through a fire, the end result will mean we will give glory to God. Sometimes making a stand for righteousness, even though at the moment it's so tough, will end up giving glory to God. The end result is not about me and you, because if that's the case, we become God. And we become idols in ourselves. that everything that we're doing is to get our own blessing. But everything that we should do in our lives 
is to worship the Lord and give him praise and honor. And out of that, number one is that glory goes to him. And second, if that glory trickles off and touches our life, we need to thank God of his goodness. So I want to just put that in perspective we talk, before we talk about that, that whatever you're in right now is not going to be there forever. If you're in a furnace, if you're in a tough season, if you're going through the mill, if the heat is on, I want to say it is a season in your life. But what you need to know, above all, is that God is in it with you. And God is doing something in the fire. And the majority of the time, we don't know why it's going on. But I want to tell you today that God is faithful. So how did these, what did these three young men have that we need to have when trials come, when the heat comes on, when disappointment comes, when others are unfaithful to us? What, what is it that we have to have? How can we declare this theme that God is faithful? What have we got to hang on so we can leave today with some hope and some faith with every crisis that we are facing in our life? How can we say God is faithful? Well, I want to tell you today, you, you can't base it on anything that you do. You, ca you can't say God is faithful because of the results that happens when I put my faith in him. Because there'll be times in your life that you will hope in God and it doesn't turn out how you want. Then you will say God's unfaithful. So what is it that we have to anchor ourselves on? To what faith do we put in? Well, let me tell you, our faith must rest on his faithfulness alone. And that only can come from knowing who God is. It can't come on your obedience because you're going to be disobedient. It can't come on what you do. It has to be solely on who God is. We only can say God is faithful because of who he really is. His nature, his character. Once you base in your heart, your faith on who God is, no matter what happens to you, he always remains faithful. So let me say, if you are needing provision for your life right now and it's not coming, God is still faithful. If you're needing healing in your body and it's not happening right now, God is still faithful. If you're believing God for something in your life and it doesn't happen, God is still faithful. Why? Because it's who he is. And it doesn't determine the results that we get in church. But most of our faith is based on that. So if you, if you do something for God and it doesn't return back, and it doesn't work out for you, then all of a sudden, why isn't God faithful? Because you base it on the results and your works, but yet God's faithfulness is determined by God's character and he can't help but be faithful. Whatever it is that you're looking for what God to do, God knows what he's doing and he is faithful and he is working it out for his glory and for our benefit. But we have to trust him through the fire. We have to trust him with the wrong results. We have to trust him when it's not in our time scale. Because God is faithful, bottom line. So these guys could say, look, we're not going to bow down to you. 
because we know God is faithful. He will deliver us. But if he doesn't, he's still faithful because he knows what he's doing. I put my life in a faithful God's hands. And that's what we have to do. So how can we do that? How can we base our faith on his faithfulness? It only comes by knowing a bit more about God's attributes. That's why you have to get into the word of God. Not so you can have more knowledge to tell, impress other people. It's so you can get to know the God of the book. So when you get to know a person, you realize what he's like, who he is, and then your faith will help you stand through every season of our life. God is faithful. So let's look at the scriptures because names reveal something about a person. Every time God's name is mentioned, loads of times throughout the scriptures, the name is actually mentioned because it describes something about God. And do you know something? We will never know what God is totally fully like because he's God. And we will be here for eternity writing out names of what God is like forever and ever and ever. Because if there's ever a time that we run out of a name for what God is like, he then is no longer God. So you can't get your head around it. He has chosen to reveal what he's like in the Bible just to help us get through, which is enough for us to manage every situation in our life. So he, he drops some hints when he does something and people begin to reveal his name when he provides for him Jehovah Jireh because it's, it's what God is like. He is our provider. So they attach a name to his character. It's not a one-off event. It's who he is. It's the very essence of who he is. God, a part of him, is a provider and he can't help but do it because it's who he is. It's not just what he does. See, the manifestation of what he does is a representation of who he is. He is our healer, Jehovah Rapha. Again, God is our healer. Whether he manifests that on this side of eternity for you makes no difference. God is a healer. One day, we will be totally healed. 100%, no more tears, no more pain. But until then, we press in for his kingdom to manifest now for people's bodies to be healed. But it's who he is. He is our banner. He is our peace. He is our shepherd. He is our righteousness. He is here. In the New Testament, he's the Alpha Omega, the Good Shepherd, Abba Father. He's a friend of sinners. Come on, everyone should say amen because we're all in that category right now. So thankful. He's baptizer, healer, and coming king. See, everything that's mentioned about God in Scripture, his name reveals who he is. And you can't get your head around who God totally is. But I want to know, there's a few things that we can know. How did these young men know how to stand firm when the fire was coming in their life? Number one, they knew from Scripture not to bow down and worship foreign gods. For you shall not have no other God but me. See, their life was rooted in the Word of God. They knew what decision to make because it was in the, in the Scriptures. They knew that they, they weren't going to actually bow down to because it was against God's desire for them to do that. So they realized 
what kicked into their mind. My choices are made by the word of God, not by circumstances. Somebody else is telling me what to do. You know, hard decisions as Christians got to be rooted in the word. Our choices that make the foundations of our choices has to be biblical. So they said, you know, we're not going to disobey God. We're not going to bow down and worship you. And the second thing was, they would remember Isaiah. Isaiah in the scriptures would, 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 would give them some encouragement. But now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's what helped them walk into the furnace. Their faith was based on what God is like in his promises. And today, you need to leave today, those of you in a fire are going to face difficulties knowing that your God is faithful and it's not based on your outcomes or your circumstances, but it's based on God's nature and character. And as long as you know that he is in there with you, it is going to turn out okay. The season will change, the flames will go down, and you will definitely come out on the other side a different person. You will come out thinking, how did that not affect me when it affected me at the time? How come I'm, I'm bigger on the inside than I was before I went in? Because God is doing something on your behalf for his glory in your life. And even though you've got in the flames because of mistakes that you've made, I guarantee you, you'll be quick not to make them again the second time or the third time. Because God is with you. You need to know that God is faithful. You know, 2 Timothy says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Can, does that, you would just leave with that and go on right now. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Wow. So the God that we serve is an awesome God. 1 John, 1 John 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all sin. See, all these promises are based on God's character who cannot change and cannot lie. So we are totally secure in the provision and the protection and the blessing and the changing and the moving in our lives because he is faithful. And when things look pear-shaped, God is working even when we don't see him. We've already sung it. Even when we don't see him moving, he is working. He is working right now in your, in your hottest moment of your life. The three things that you need to know about God. Number one, that you need to leave secure tonight, that he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. In other words, you're in a fire today, but there's no surprise to God. He actually knows about your situation. 1 John says, if, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Did you know there's nothing that God doesn't know about you or about life or about the future or the past? Do you know there's nothing at all that God doesn't know about? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways 
and my thoughts and your thoughts. Isaiah 46, I've made known to the ends from the beginning, from the ancient times, what is still to come. You see, God, in the midst of our devastation in our world, God knows what is going on from the beginning to the end. There is nothing that surprises God today, tomorrow, or in 25, 35, 5 million years from now. God knows everything. David says, you've searched me. You know me. You know it when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my comings out and laying down. You're familiar with my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. You see, what's going to get us through the, the tough times of life is that God knows. And even when we pray and try and tell him that he doesn't know, Jesus says, look, don't keep babbling. Don't you think your Heavenly Father knows before you pray? It's just helping us unload because God knows. God knows everything. He even knows the hairs on your head, every one of them. For some of us in the room, that's easy to count. God is all-knowing. And when we say, you know, if you only knew my situation, listen, God knows about it. God knows every single detail about you. There is nothing he doesn't know. There's, there's nothing that he has not discussed with heaven about you. Number two, he's all-powerful. It's called omnipotent. See, what you need to know is if, how can God be faithful if he's not all-powerful, he can't be faithful because there is nothing that God cannot do in our lives. Listen to what one of the theologians says. There is no external constraints on God's decisions. There isn't. God is all-powerful. And we get threatened by all the kind of wars and pressing that red button on nuclear power. But let me tell you something. Above all the rulers of our world, God is in control. He has the final button. And as the followers of Christ, we need to know something. We will not be in fear of what is going to happen or may happen or could happen because God has the last say. And when it's time for this world to end, he will end it when he returns because he has ultimate power. I want to say to you today, do you know what you're saying in your life? I don't know what I'm going to get out of this situation. But when you know the God that's in your fire is all-powerful, there is nothing too hard for him. Is there anything impossible for him? Jesus says, with men this is impossible. With me, nothing is impossible. You have to know that you need to go on today knowing that he knows about what's going on and number two, he has the power to deliver you above every power. In fact, Ephesians says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than can all ask or imagine according to his power that it is within us. I want you to have confidence today in God's knowing, God's power and also thirdly, nearly finished, God is everywhere. 
God is omnipresent. What does that mean? Listen to me. It means that God is always within reach. He's always within reach. God is going nowhere in your life. Let me tell you something. Jesus was in that furnace before they even walked in it because he's our shepherd. God is always within reach. The psalmist says again, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. See, I want to say to you today, you're thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go to. Where is God? God, you are surrounded by God. You can't escape him. He has got you covered. Even though the heat may be on your life right now, God is there. His promise is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, you only can say that God is faithful when you know that he knows everything, that he's all-powerful, and he's always available. I can't escape his presence from my life. And finally, God is truthful. It means that God is reliable to his word. Psalm 12 says, And the words of the Lord are flawless. Hebrews 6 says this, Is it impossible for God to lie? Do you know why we're safe today? Do you know why God is faithful? Because he can be trusted. He cannot lie. His word will come to pass in our lives. His word is steadfast. His word is true. His word is a light. Let's stand together. Specifically today, and this message may only be for a few people, but some of you are in a fire right now. And the word of the Lord to you is this. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it in your life. He is faithful. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. When you pass through, because you are going to pass through this season, the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And the flames will not set you ablaze. Father God, I pray right now as we come to a close, that faith would arise. Faith based on your faithfulness. I ask you, Father God, for those who know the heat is on their life right now knowing that your goodness and your mercy will follow them all the days of their life. 
Lord, you've prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies where their cup will overflow. Father God, I pray for faith to arise today on your faithfulness. Father God, you are all-knowing, you are all-powerful, and you are everywhere. You're within reach. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God today. Thank <clears throat> you.